Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. We're we're in the <laughs> before before this Michaela was like, whatever, I'll just intro us. It's gonna be boring <laughs> and deal with it. I was trying to think of a clever introduction, but I'm just not as witty. Yes, hey. Not today. I think that we all have witty days and some days mostly I just sing so I know well that's what I was trying to think of a good song that would be fun to intro that had some kind of a relationship to our topic today something and nope this wasn't happening I was gonna do ain't no sunshine when she's gone oh my gosh (laughs) see and this is why you should have introed god bless it trying to do something different turns out we should just stick to what we know hey no i i think one the things that you do that come out of the blue are the things that make it good and so we always need to give you the space to do it just because the rabbit has flight of ideas and is like i've got plenty of ideas doesn't mean they are good ideas i generally enjoy them oh i appreciate that anyway Uh, so what's good today for me today i just wanted to say that the sky is good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really have been just enjoying trying to like watch clouds, look at the stars, watch birds. And I think we get so caught up in the rat race we don't take time sometimes to just look around and one of the best places to watch is the sky. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff to see up there if you pay attention. Yeah. In uh, internship we used to have a rainbow club. And it wasn't because many of us were gay. It was actually just, (laughs) it was a different kind of rainbow club. It was basically they, we would watch for rainbows in the sky. And then we'd text each other pictures of dope rainbows. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. So there was a kid in it. um, Let's call him John. And John was the key rainbow watcher of her group. And he started the rainbow club by, literally how it started was just texting us pictures of rainbows. Guys, look at this rainbow. While we're in class. What does it mean? (laughs) Check out this double rainbow, guys. I have actually seen a triple rainbow before in the the rainbow club. So yeah, we text each other pictures and we kind of like rate the rainbows of like how good each one was and how colorful it was the rating system was based on like how colorful they are how clear they are if there were a couple or just one it was yeah we had a whole so the sky's great i'm yeah so that's what's my good today is just watch the skies sometimes guys yeah it's beautiful my what's good is that as you guys know, we are ahead of you in recording. And so we just actually released the podcast live in our time. Mm-hmm. And I had a just series <laughs> of very panicked days. And yeah, I was really, Michaela was chilling and I was. No, I mean, I was subtly panicking a little bit, but overall, okay. yes, I was, I think I was chilling more than you were chilling. <laughs> I was very obviously not chilling. I was not okay. I have a fear of just, 
I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'll go to the worst case scenario of every situation. So I was not chilling and I thought it was going to be very scary. And it turns out it was really a positive experience. We got a lot of good feedback and a lot of downloads and I was really surprised by it. I don't know why, but I was surprised and that was my what's good. And actually, if you are okay with it for time, there was we did get a couple of emails about people who wanted to know a little bit of follow-ups about some situations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that we got emails about were on episode three, we talked about some social media stuff. Mm -hmm. We recorded that episode before anything with the Facebook issues had come out. Oh, yeah. And so wanted to do a little update. There was some kind of news story where basically a woman from Facebook left Facebook and then said that right we know that we destroy people's mental health but we're doing it anyway yeah yeah (laughs) cool (laughs) and one of the people that reached out to me said that we should consider another reason why research why there just isn't a lot of research in the area of mental health and social media is because that there is some censorship or not censorship but just that a giant company that has mm. the research or has the ability to do the p- research or the motivation and the right. skill set and all the data really right. isn't releasing the data. Because they don't want it out because it wouldn't be good for their money. Yeah. It, it all yeah. circles back around to fucking greed. Yeah, just money. <laughs> just money. Where's the money at? Where's the money at? That's the that's yeah. the root of the problem probably. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point that a lot of what's going on with social media is just they have the data. It would be like I don't know if it's this extreme. I'm not really sure at this point. But if a cigarette company had data, had done all their own research, they don't really want to release research on... That's negative. Yeah. Yeah. The product is harmful. And then there was another point that somebody made, and it was about academic censorship. And I don't think I used that exact word in episode three, but what I mean to say is that... There is something that goes on in the academic or research community where Mm -hmm. I basically said before that... Certain topics are in vogue, but it really is more than that. Yeah. Certain topics get funded because they're where the money is right at that time. And really big companies and corporations, this is really not tinfoil hat. We just know this to be true. They have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to put money into areas that they know. Yeah. They're where they want to be researched, <laughs> right, right? Right. And they have motivation to stay away from certain research areas. So if you are a researcher trying to discover a certain topic that goes against a large money flow, then right. it's, it's it's gonna be limited and far and few between. Yeah. So yeah. there's a reason, another reason yet why that might be we might not have as good of data out about mental health and social media, not just because it's always mm-hmm. changing and it's new, et cetera, but also because there might be some withholding of data as well as some academic censorship going on. And so these were points that emailers had made that I thought were good points. Yeah, so, definitely. I love that. Yeah. And speaking of email, please send us your emails. Yes, send us your emails if you have points to make, interesting topics to yeah, bring up. Yeah, want some clarifications yeah. or certain things covered or whatever. Yeah. Send us a, just a funny story. We'll take it. Yeah, or just <laughs> an episode request, things like that. And that would be at shityourshrinkthinks at gmail.com. And then as usual, I'm going to plug the Patreon here if you want us to keep yeah. doing this. We'd love some donations to keep doing this. We do have different levels of patreon membership support and that's www.patreon.com slash shit your shrink thinks and you should be able to just search us on patreon too if you Mm -hmm. can't remember that would be fine as well and we'll try to put the patreon link in our show notes as well if you want to support that would be cool that'd be awesome and then i think there was one other follow-up 
Oh, it was a follow-up on my own thing that I wanted to say, which was on episode 13, we talked a little about, bit about re- relationships and mm-hmm. communication skills and how to make a relationship go better mm-hmm. and fair fighting. And one of the topics was us talking about the four horsemen of the relationship apocalypse, right, right. being contempt, criticism, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Right, which is from the Gottman. Yeah, yeah, the Gottman Institute. And I just wanted to add a fifth one. I mean, I know it's not evidence supported, <laughs> but I want a fifth one, and Do I'm going to add it. Do it. So the fifth one, as I was re-listening to the episode, I would say is imbalanced effort. Mm. So if – I really want to make this clear. When we are talking about – communicating in a relationship and telling somebody something we want and need this is one in the context of it's not abusive which we said a million times but two in the concept in the context that it is reciprocal right you guys are both making as much effort right if you are the only one doing these things and trying to communicate and trying to ask for what you need there's a limit to how many times Right. You ask what you need. Yeah. It's your responsibility to be assertive and express what you need. But, you know, you could express yourself if they're not willing to do anything about it and and respond to that appropriately or try to change anything or express back to you what they need. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah. Then it's a, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a catch 22. And I think that if you, there is a line where if you keep expressing, keep expressing, and you're the only one playing by the rules, these Mm -hmm. relationship rules, there is a line. You can't fix everything. That's okay. We don't, we're not saying that you could fix everything. Oh, no, yeah, definitely not. If, 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 if all, if lights are red, then you need to turn around and go the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those are just like little updates from the feedback we've already gotten, which is cool. We're yeah, so, that is so cool. I know, right? I'm so just overwhelmed with gratitude. Yeah. From you guys and everything that you guys have said positively. It's been so nice. It has been really nice. It was weird. It was weird. weirdly nice. <laughs> I'm not used to people being nice to me. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, that was what I felt too. It was funny. I think I told you somebody last night texted me, I'm listening to your podcast in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awkward. I was like, um, okay. I mean, cool. Do you? But yeah, you didn't have to add that part. What else are you doing? <laughs> What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should have. Rest- Although, I mean, what are you wearing in the bathtub? That's kind of a silly question. <laughs> it's my birthday suit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I tried not to be creepy about it, but it was also like. That was funny. That was a weird. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What did you do for your podcast experiment? How did you do on that? I did great on that because I <laughs> cheated and was already doing it. And it was mindfulness with my pet. Right. So I have a dog. She looks like a wolf. I like to pet and look into her eyes. And I tell her that she's beautiful and she's the best dog that's ever lived. she is so beautiful. She is so beautiful. And I, I like to just look at the color of her eyes and yeah. the way that she is sitting. And I like to look at the way that she moves or yeah. the, feel her fur. Yes. Under She's my so hand. soft and floofy. Yeah. She is so soft and floofy. So I degraded it. And I honestly think I have a harder time trusting people, but I do trust my dog. And so it's <laughs> super duper easy. Yeah. It's for me easier to trust an animal than a person for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I can, <laughs> I can be mindful with her. I can read an animal's body language and, and know yeah. people are sneaky. Yeah. People, people, people be sneaking, but animals <laughs> don't be sneaking so much. And so it was easy for me to do mindfulness with her. Yeah. I love that. How about you? I did okay with it. I think I had 
I had a few moments where I was really mindful and fully engaged, but I was definitely a little off this week and didn't do it as much as I should have. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Ah. Any particular... Do you want to tell everybody <laughs> no, in I the really world? No, Let's not open that can of worms right now. Just was not... One of those weeks where you're, you get lost in, in your head a bit and you're kind of just treading from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next... Okay, what else? And so I found myself actually more irritable with my pet's desires for attention, which is mean and awful. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, I can't be mindful with you right now. I got shit to do. <laughs> I can't look into your eyes. I'm busy ruminating. Yes, exactly. But I did take a couple of moments, but I do need to be better about it. Hey, it's, it's it happens. We all we all have those moments. Those no weeks, shame. Those times. Yeah, no shame in that game. And I think part of the reason why it's easier for me to do it with my pet is she's not very needy. In fact, she's kind of standoffish. <laughs> so it's easier for me to be like, hey, love me, love me, and to approach her rather than her approaching me. Fair. Your, your dog is, he he's, wants. He's very needy. He wants attention. He's Always. Yeah. So, and this could go with people. <laughs> ah, this could go with people too. Uh, so yeah, what are we talking about today, Sonny? We are talking about depressive disorders. These used to be called mood disorders. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who have any mental health background in the DSM-4, the one before this one, it was called a mood disorder, and now it is called a depressive disorder. Yeah, now they kind of separated them out. You know, mood disorders used to include bipolar disorder, but now we just have the depressive disorders, and bipolar-related disorders are a whole separate category. And did mood disorders also include anxiety? I really can't remember. They didn't. They They were their own subset. I just was okay. thinking erratically we had a moment because last... it's been that way <laughs> <laughs> Makila sent me a series of a string of texts <laughs> unreadable texts <laughs> I was like wait what are we talking about Sunny calls me and is like I didn't understand can we talk about this yeah for the because we were trying to figure out what what even is a mood disorder <laughs> right we were trying to make sure what all of our categories were correct with what we were going to be talking about yes and so I got a series of text messages last night I was like I don't know I'm questioning everything now what even is anxiety I'm not even sure but yes so we're yeah. talking about depressive disorders only and it used to include a lot of things mood disorders but we're going to keep it on depression today because there is a lot to be talked about with the pit of despair oh the pit of despair <laughs> the pit of despair yeah. We'll also talk about how common depressive disorders are, how they're not really a lifelong death sentence, a little bit of nature versus nurture, biological and environmental factors. Yeah, so we'll get into treatments and all that kind of stuff too. Yes. So what you got up first? Depressive disorders are just basically prolonged periods of feeling sad, empty, or having irritable mood accompanied by somatic, which is physical, and cognitive, which is thinking changes. That significantly affect a person's ability to function. Right. It, it's as simple as that. It's not one day. Right. It's not even two days. It's not even three days. I mean, three days feels pretty bad, but it does. Yeah. it's a couple of weeks. I think the criteria right now is two, two weeks, weeks or For major longer. depressive, at least. Yeah. For major yeah. depressive disorder, the criteria is two weeks or longer of persistent low mood, issues with motivation lack of interest sleep disturbance right which we'll get into those a little bit more yeah but overall that's those are those are the categories that we'll be talking about and it is a common experience very for for people approximately 
19.4 million adults, which is 7.8%, have experienced a depressive episode as SAMHSA came out with that in 2019. Mm-hmm. And what I think that's Sam- a low standard. Yeah, I do. I actually really do, too. I think. What does SAMHSA stand for again for the audience? It's the Substance Abuse Mental Health. Yeah, like mental health something. something. <laughs> it's one of our like gold standard epidemiological yeah, they, study. They do a lot of studies and they do a lot of treatment related materials on substance abuse and depression because yeah. it can be pretty co-occurring. Yeah, and they tell us a lot about how much of this is going on and why it is going on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good kind of review for those of us who are interested in the research. And yeah, I think I also found the same thing. Five to seven percent of the population at any given time has depression mm-hmm. and then like eight percent have ever had something going on or any kind of depressive disorder. But I agree with you. It felt low to me. That felt really low to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I found another statistic that said 80 percent of people with symptoms of depression are not being treated, which to me is also why it's probably low because people are not reporting it. And a lot of people don't really realize they're in it like they're so deeply lost in the sauce they're like this is just my life now and this is who I am <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so I think even if they were surveyed they probably would just be like I'm fine this is fine yeah <laughs> we'll put this fire over here by the other fire <laughs> yeah like my life is always on fire because that's the perception they're in right now yeah or if you're like me at all you think big brother is always watching so you just <laughs> lie on the forms right, outright right. you're like nope. nobody can know yeah nope yeah stigma. Not, I would rather not write this down on a mm-hmm. piece of paper for anyone because the president is going to read it out loud <laughs> on, a, on his memo. Sonny, I've heard that you're depressed <laughs> and I am not okay with it. It's going to be, they're going to put it in the State of the Union, guys. I mean, really, people aren't going to report it because they're freaked out about stigma. Yes. They think it's their life now. Mm-hmm. So this is just how everybody feels all the time. So yeah, I also experienced it as an underreport. I, I don't know if this is maybe okay to say i'm not really sure but it feels like a lot of i have a lot of really close friends who are mental health professionals Mm -hmm. obviously because that's the field i'm in right and i feel like all of us have been depressed yeah i don't know honestly i I agree (laughs) most people that i know and have close enough relationships with to know what's going on in their lives right have had episodes yeah of depression. Yeah, depressive episodes. Absolutely. And so I <laughs> so I was looking at the statistic five to seven percent. I kept thinking False. Am I <laughs> false? Am I only am I do I have a selection bias? Yeah. And I wondered about that too, because we're mental health professionals, because sometimes we draw in people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people literally just walk up to me and start telling me stuff. Absolutely. Freaking um, Lily. So, so I did have that thought that maybe I'm just biased and I think everybody is depressed because Everyone I encounter has some <laughs> at some time, and I've been lost myself before. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it it. I never know what to say anymore because I mean I've been depressed probably twice or three times before, Same. and to me it doesn't. It is an issue. It is a bad issue. It feels really bad, mm-hmm. but for me it doesn't feel stigmatized. Maybe because I work in the field. Yeah. Or. It Not as stigmatized as other diagnoses. Exactly. It, it's more normalized. And I feel like culturally, it's more accepted and it's almost humorized. Yeah. 
It, yeah, and so it feels easier to admit mm-hmm. sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Which well, also, I think, is why our perception of it is that it's more often is because people are more open to being discussing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially, so we're like, yeah, you're depressed. <laughs> right, right. And especially younger generations, mm-hmm. I think, too, are just opening up more and more about it. And I don't know, maybe it's because also I identify as a woman, so... I, yeah, I, and women are twice as likely as men, statistically speaking. Yeah, and so I don't know if this is another thing, and I have a lot of friends that are women. Mm-hmm. I just... But it seems really common, and yeah. 5 to 7% didn't seem to do it justice. But that's the stat. That's what they're... <laughs> that's what they're telling us, but whether or not we believe it's another thing. That's what we're being told. This yeah. is another situation where the research and the clinical judgment are a little mismatched just because mm-hmm. of what we see every day. Yeah. yeah. But although it is common, I do, we, it's not just being sad. It is a deep rooted situation that's occurring persistently and legitimately impairing your function. You are not working at the standard that you used to work either behaviorally, socially, work, school, whatever have you. Yeah. It's a notable departure from something that you, I mean, you know how you function when you're doing well. Right. And it is a noted departure from that. Like right. you cannot seem to get it together. You have trouble getting out of the bed. You have trouble sleeping. You can't. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it'd be good if, actually if we go into some of the different diagnoses of depressive disorders, the different types. Sure. First one is major depressive disorder, I would say, is this, like because that's the one that everybody knows of. I don't know why, but that name is so wild to me. Major depressive disorder. Like, <laughs> is, <laughs> it's why? like you. it's not just depressive disorder. It's like. This is major. This is some major shit. I don't The person who made it had definitely been depressed before because when you're in it, you're like, this is major. I am. That's fair. Yeah, I'm getting. That is is kind of funny. I'd never thought about that. Slapped around by this quite a bit. Yeah. Anyway, so it's major depressive disorder. That's our bread and butter is mental health professionals. Yeah. DSM wise, you have to have five or more present symptoms during a two-week period almost every day nearly all day mm-hmm. and we've talked to that being about being feeling depressed right depressed mood sad, sad empty hopeless and irritable mood which oh. comes out a lot with children and teens and older adults yeah yeah and me, <laughs> and me. yeah it doesn't say <laughs> And also uh, me, yeah. irritable as F. <laughs> For sure. Um, some Loss s- of interest yes. in pleasurable activities or enjoyable activities. So, for example, say, I'm trying to think of the examples I can think of. I love laying in blankets. I love watching Lord of the Rings. I love Halloween movies. I love hanging out with my friends. And when all of a sudden those things really just don't, don't seem appealing. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. I just don't care. And nothing really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, 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 it's coming. <laughs> it's a coming. And so that's a sign for you. If you're losing interest in things, you typically get pleasure out of. Yeah, definitely take note of that. That one is significant because you do have to either have one of these mood situations or this loss of interest to mm-hmm. be included in those five symptoms. Right. Significant weight loss or gain, like those appetite changes, mm-hmm. that can be an indicator. Sleep disturbance. Yeah, either either insomnia or hypersomnia. So you're either sleeping not at all or you're sleeping way too much. Yep, that can be a big one. And feelings of fatigue, loss of energy, mm-hmm. or feelings of worthlessness, yeah, excessive guilt, mm-hmm. difficulty thinking, concentrating, mm-hmm. psychomotor, psycher, psycho murder, psycho <laughs> murder, no, <laughs> psychomotor agitation. 
or retardation. And it has to be observable by others. So it's not just you feeling restless, like you're you're literally moving your hands a lot or kind of bouncing your knee a lot or you're kind of slowly lethargically moving around yeah that's a super easy way when you very first meet a client to tell if they're- oh yeah although normally i check the the psychomotor agitation i normally check towards the anxiety checklist instead yeah. of the depressive checklist yeah. i i get lost in that sometimes i forget that it can go both ways yeah it's for me it's super easy to see when somebody's depressed because they will slowly stand up out of the chair yeah. and then just like army crawl drag themselves <laughs> yes. down the hall like i yeah. barely got here doc jesus christ like right. asking me to go down the which hall which is why the telehealth has been really good, cool i think yeah yeah to some degree it helps people to get to get access a little bit easier mm-hmm. yeah when they're I just agree not that. feeling like yeah. can't get out of bed well we can talk to you in bed you have to put a shirt on please <laughs> yes. put a shirt oh, on yeah yeah no please be, be appropriate man please have clothes i've seen so many things so, yeah, y'all you guys you don't want to know just so many we're, things we're not going down that rabbit hole anyway um, moving on <laughs> recurrent thoughts of death or suicidal ideations are also signs or symptoms of depression of depression mm-hmm. so this is again the bread and butter of mental health we see major depressive disorder a lot all the time and yeah. fun fact there is an uh, a presentation for depression that is unusual which is with psychotic features. Mm, yes. So you can see depression where I've seen it so that people hallucinate things. Mm-hmm. Not often. It's, pre- it's pretty it's rare. rare. It's, it's very rare. Really pretty rare. If And a lot of times it's more attributable to a substance. Like ni- mm. nine times out of ten, if somebody tells me they're hallucinating, I'm like, oh, are, you, are you doing mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, a little bit. And you're like, okay, well, that's, I mean, all right, right no big deal, but. That's probably why you are thinking there are spiders on the wall. Right. Yeah. I have people, they'll tell me like a lot of times they'll have a a auditory hallucination that tells Mm. them they're worthless or bad or shitty. And that's a common psychotic feature if it's if it's in depression or another one is just seeing like shadows out of the corner of your Mm. eye, like thinking you're not alone, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of paranoia. But again, that those are rare it's super rare yeah that presentation of depression doesn't come out a lot but it can and it it, can it doesn't mean that you're bad or wrong it's just a thing that happens yeah just something that can happen basically major depressive disorder it's like drowning except you can see everyone around you breathing oh god that gave me the chills (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's really what it is it's something deep and it does need to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. but it's also common and there is hope and just because it feels stagnant and like you're stuck and you're never going to climb out of that hole. Yeah, it's possible. This too shall pass. Yeah, it is It is very possible to climb out of the hole. There is a longer term, I'm not going to go deeply into this, but longer term version of depression. Yep, dysthymic disorder or now also called persistent depressive disorder. And it's just when it lasts for a super duper long time without yeah. breaks. But it's also a little bit lower grade. Yeah. It, it's kind of a lower grade, but prolonged depression. So milder symptoms, but longer lasting symptoms. Yes. And I think two years is the minimum yeah. to get that diagnosis. Yeah. For persistent depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are not as severe usually. Not as disruptive. Those are right. the words you're, I want to use. Right. You're functioning because it's going on so long. You found a way to function kind yeah. of. Hey. So your symptoms are not as intense and debilitating. Right. But they are present and they are persistent. Yeah. They're, they're hard to ignore, <laughs> but you do it anyway. <laughs> you're carrying around that depressed backpack everywhere you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're still going. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And you guys should know, like, we joke about this sort of stuff a lot. It's not because we don't take it seriously. We take it incredibly oh, seriously. Yeah. And more it is because we actually know what it feels like. We, again, yes. have been on the other side. It's We're joking because we've been there. We've and, experienced the episodes. And yeah. I was talking with Sunny beforehand how it was like subconsciously. I was trying to prepare for this. Yeah. And this morning, my subconscious was like, do you really want to remember? I'll show you what it's like to remember. And some of those <laughs> symptoms just kind of reared their head this morning. Yeah. I was like, what the f- is this? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. A little bit of a yeah. re- Reliant K from the Ooh, blast from the past. Yeah. I actually started, wow. I loved their Christmas CD. <laughs> Right Let on. it reindeer. Right on. Let it reindeer. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because now that you mention it this week when I knew we were doing the depressive episodes, I started listening to my old emo screamo stuff. Oh. Yeah. I was um, interesting. <laughs> listening to a little Hawthorne so Heights. A little subconscious going on there too. Yeah. Uh, what was the other ones I was listening to? Hawthorne Heights, The Used, My Chemical Romance, all mm. that sort of stuff. I was bringing it back. Heck and yeah. then I heard another band that I didn't know about that was emo on the radio, a new one. Well, not banned. It was a person, Kenny Hoopla, and it's Ooh. basically just like Blink-182 all oh, over cool. again. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so I really went back into it, <laughs> but I was kind of enjoying it. Like, I I was ego-syntonic, meaning it didn't distress me that I right. was feeling this way. I was like, oh, yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Ooh, I like a little silent lucidity, right? Is that what that's called? What's that it- called? The song? Yeah. Sound of Silence. Sound of Silence. Oh, yeah. Disturbed did a really cool remake of it. I remember. I like that a lot. He, that guy has a dynamite, dynamite voice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the tangent. (laughs) (laughs) What were we talking about? Oh. Right? Uh, It's okay. It's it's tough to talk about depression. We're doing Um, our best. Because we do take it seriously, but we have to, we have to kind of lighten it up a little bit. We want to make this fun. It makes it easier to cope. It does. Another one that's often talked about is seasonal affective disorder. But I did notice in the DSM-5, it is just under major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns. Mm. That's how it's defined. Now it's not like its own category. It's not a disorder literally called sad. It's not sad. a literal disorder called sad. So that's anymore. not a real thing anymore. I guess. Yeah. The DSM changes shit all the time. But it's basically the same. Seasonal the affective same thing, but disorder. Yeah, yeah. So it just, it comes around yeah. in the winter months. Yeah. And then you're in remission. Yeah. In the, yeah. I, I have this. But you'd in- still be defined as major depressive disorder yeah. with seasonal yeah pattern and just a background on seasonal affective disorder like why this would be a thing there is some theory that it is related to circadian rhythm changes mm-hmm. when the the light i hit my mic again y'all i don't know what i'm doing today i'm like really into We're... this topic <laughs> We're falling apart a little oh my gosh it's it's almost it's almost appropriate there <laughs> Lost concentration, check. Yeah. I, I was just laying like face down on the ground before this. Like, ah, are we doing this right now? Okay, uh, we can do this. We can do this. We need to stick to those happy topics, apparently. Yeah, the fr- that was too close to home. No, we, so seasonal affective disorder has a component related to light cue givers. Yes. And so when the light goes away, there is a sense that the body wants to conserve energy the theory is that the body wanted to conserve energy and conserve calories because right. of the winter months and so it slows way down mm. and that's what the depressive episode almost like a hibernation <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, like yeah. so it's not like 
it's just that in this modern time, in this modern day, that's not really super effective for us. Right. You're still going to work when it's dark and coming home when it's dark, but you still got to go. You can't get FMLA for hibernating. (laughs) Just total bullshit, in my opinion. (laughs) I agree. I have basically a funeral for the sun when (laughs) when daylight savings times happen. I dress in all black. I have a sun funeral. I get really sad. (laughs) And then when it comes back, it's like a parade for me and all my friends know that it's just... I just, you know, be in the sun. We're homies. Well, and there has been a lot of research about how the sun does boost our mood and help Mm -hmm. us feel better. So I think that there is some correlation. It's not just the circadian rhythm and the light that how that impacts our sleep. I think it's also that we're not getting as much vitamin D and that can impact us as well. But yeah, (laughs) super super funny about story about seasonal affective disorder. Once upon a time, I was in undergraduate Mm. and I... I selected I was in a graduate school class it was like an advanced class for clinical psychology which was really cool that I was allowed to even be in it in the Mm -hmm. first place and we had to select our own topic areas for a big research project at the end of the year so I did seasonal affective disorder I was like well I might as well learn about this if I'm gonna (laughs) have it every year I guess (laughs) like I don't know I feel you I feel that (laughs) and the presentation was occurring I want to say in December something like that as our finals how appropriate and I showed up I a lot of stuff was going on right then I'd had like a breakup and you know when you're an undergrad you're in your early 20s you're messy as hell oh yeah you're doing you're you're doing too much figuring yourself out yeah oh yeah you're you're doing too much and so I showed up I I barely had my life sorted I showed up with sweatpants that I later realized had syrup on them oh my like pancake syrup on them kind of epic messy bun just a way oversized sweatshirt on that also had syrup on it And I just gave this presentation dead ass as if I wasn't in the throes of it. Like, hey, everybody, this is seasonal defect, (laughs) seasonal defective. If you would also like to take a snapshot, feel free. I dress can be a used image. (laughs) I dress like the disorder I was trying to present. Right. And God bless the professor. I I think she knew she was a clinical psychologist. I think Mm. she knew where I was at. And she gave me an A. She was so sweet. She was like, oh, Sonny, you're doing great. I was like. I am. You did your best. (laughs) My syrup ass sweatshirt was the best I could do that day, but I tried. (laughs) There's like a few other depressive disorders that are kind of in that category. So we have premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Mm -hmm. That is with most menstrual cycles, you have at least five or so symptoms and it's more than just PMS. So you have marked mood changes mood swings, maybe you're suddenly sad or tearful or you're super irritable, Mm -hmm. marked depressed mood and feelings of hopelessness, marked anxiety, tension, and then you could either have decreased interest in usual activities, difficulty concentrating, easily fatigued, changes in appetite, hypersomnia, insomnia, sense of being overwhelmed or out of control, some breast tenderness and swelling and bloating. And now, I mean... So a lot of those things sound like PMS, but yeah. it, but it is more intense than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 point is that it disrupts daily activities. Yeah, for a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, so it was written by men. <laughs> the DSM was yes. written by dudes. Yes, it, I, I had a little bit of that subconscious thought too. Yeah, yeah. So I think society was set up in a way 
to basically function as if nobody in society had a period. Mm -hmm. And so there's probably, my perspective is there's probably just a really wide range of mood disturbance that occurs surrounding menstrual cycles. Right. But that it becomes problematic or quote unquote disordered because we didn't set up society in a way that we- That allowed that kind of space for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I, I try really hard not to pathologize that stuff and i just make it more so that i agree i i've, I've never gave anybody that diagnosis because i'm like nah like <sighs> yeah I, now granted normally if somebody's seeing me they have other shit going on yeah so I, they would qualify for something else anyway but yeah if somebody's ever telling me that kind of stuff i it's i rarely hard. jump to this conclusion yeah it's hard <laughs> to give somebody that diagnosis as again somebody identifies as a woman it's it's tough mm-hmm. to say yeah, that's that's problematic because all I can think is, well, I'm pretty sure if the system were built by women, we'd all have like a grace period week off a month anyway, right? And we'd all have childcare and right. Time you'd off get for... a whole year off if not longer. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. So I I just think society would have been set up really differently. So I don't love that it disorder. Would be better. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh if there's dudes uh, listening to this we, we love really, you we're, we really we're do fine. love you it's just maybe it would be a little better i don't know maybe women can think a little more critically sometimes yeah we i tend do th- to look at the other perspectives and yeah consider all factors a little better I, and men tend to be a little more impulsive yeah i feel like I Sorry, don't, I'm talking stereotype wise. Remember, nobody fits in any one category. There's a lot of gray space. Right. So a lot of this is an overgeneralization. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, you know, they change genders. They don't identify as the gender of their birth. Right, right. We get that. But I, cool. what I will say is I think that if men weren't in charge of it, everything, we would have a lot less things shaped like penises. Is, <laughs> <laughs> that's where, I mean, that's the one thing oh, I feel and like. Back to the penis. Yeah. That's. <laughs> That is like the one thing I feel certain of is like not every building would look like a penis. That's it. Maybe just more bowl shaped sorts of architecture. I know. The fact that your mind went there. I think about that a lot. Like I think a lot about how things are shaped and why they're shaped the way they're shaped. And I just feel like there's so many penis looking things out there. But it was also there was the thing about if I can get taller. Although it makes sense to go wide and just build pyramid type thing yeah there was a how tall can i make it you know there was like a race almost like the space race only with buildings so i think that's also a factor in all the penises yeah but think about it though who wanted it to be bigger (laughs) why does it huge need to be (laughs) it's gotta be huge it's gotta be huge huge (laughs) okay okay back to depression wow we really don't want to talk about this today (laughs) (laughs) we're doing great we're doing great keep going oh my gosh so then we have disruptive mood dysregulation disorder so those are severe recurrent temper outbursts like kind of verbal rages or physical aggressions towards people or property that's grossly out of proportion for the situation or the provocation Mm -hmm. and this is also for children basically not before the age of six or after the age of 18 Mm. is who can get this diagnosis yeah you you don't you're not an adult throwing shit across the room right we're gonna label you something else for that one (laughs) (laughs) that's a different thing everybody yep there's a depressive disorder due to another medical condition. There's substance or medication-induced depressive disorders. There's just depressive disorder not specified. Yes. There are some of those other random ones. It may not be super relevant yeah. to you. Basically, what you guys need to know is somewhere in the category of depressive disorder. Right. That's- Which, again, is why it's underreported. 
considering how many variants of depressive disorder there are, mm. you've all probably had some form of an episode in one of these categories once in your life. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that's the thing where it's like, if a lo- so many people have had it, is it really then a disorder? Right. Or is it just something that we need to normalize and be like, okay, so, oh, so you're in this phase of your life now. Yes. You know? Yeah. So we talked about how the adults were 7.8%. And mm-hmm. the adolescents were fifteen point seven. Mm-hmm. So considering underreporting, yeah, yeah. And I would, and I would even wonder again how social media is changing and impacting oh, those making numbers. It worse. Yeah, I think it may F. be. Oh sure. <laughs> F F for our homies. <laughs> F for our homies. I if I would have, I was on the cusp. Like I did have some social media, and I didn't have other social media. And I am glad I didn't have a lot of social media because I would have mm-hmm. been. I am. I would have been foolish. I know that. Foolish as hell just on social media. So, hey, we'll pour one out for you guys because I know my brain couldn't have handled it. Yeah. I would have hated myself more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was at the highest level, but no. It could have got deeper. Yeah, there's another I well. I would have found a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, no. Not funny. Yes, no, it's a little funny. No, not funny, funny but yeah. 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 Do you mind if I talk about unusual presentations of depression for just a second? Because I think sometimes people think they are, hey, I'm just depressed right now. But there are there are two kinds of, Makila talked about it, but there are situational depressions mm-hmm. and medical depressions or medically related depressions. So just some really quick medical things you want to rule out yeah, very fast just to make sure it's not a medical condition. Right. And yeah. again, we're not medical professionals. This is an entertainment show, blah, blah. But keep in mind that hypothyroidism or mm. hyperthyroidism, hypo tends to create depressive features. Hyper tends to create anxious looking features. Right. Sleep apnea is a really big one that I see mm-hmm. with people all the time where if you have sleep apnea, basically it means you are startling awake throughout the night and you're not getting enough. You're not getting restful sleep. Yes. And yeah. you're not getting oxygen really. No, no. To your brain. The reason you're waking up is because you're not breathing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not great. It's dangerous, guys. Yeah. It's not great, Dan. And so you are so chronically tired yeah. that it then the begins presentation. to look- yeah. A lot like depression. And you feel depressed because you're not sleeping. Right. And so really be careful of if your partner is saying like uh, you're snoring in the night or if you know you're shooting awake at night a lot or, mm-hmm. you know, if you have any other rif- risk factors of sleep apnea, that could do it. There is vitamin D and B deficiency. Mm-hmm. So there can be vitamin deficiencies that lead to depressive mood. And if you treat them, they're, they tend to get a lot better. Hypercalcemia. There is also anemia, which is oh, yep. So anemia, too much calcium. Anemia is not enough iron. Right. And then stroke or post-stroke, like transient ischemic attacks, brain injuries, any any insult, physical insult to Your, the brain. Yep. You jostle that thing around a little bit, <laughs> and it doesn't take much to jostle, guys. <laughs> yeah. You can just bump your head on something and end up having a freaking traumatic brain injury. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> The brain is a sensitive little buddy. It is. And it it doesn't have a lot of padding. So it doesn't take much for it to get shook up. Yeah. Oh, I'll shook up. (laughs) So these are some things. And then situationally, just keep in mind, again, if you're in a bad relationship, it might not. It might be the relationship. Right. The nature versus nurture. You know, you if people in your family have been diagnosed, you are going to be more predispositioned (laughs) to have this diagnosis yeah. however our environment is a huge factor if you're sur- if you're in an abusive relationship if you're just experiencing some traumatic experience mm-hmm. if you what, hate your shitty if shitty, you hate job. Your shitty shitty job and you're going there all the time yeah, yeah. you're 
Yeah. yeah. It turns out you're going to feel shitty, shitty. You're going to feel shitty because you're surrounded by shit. Yeah. Right. Like it's you're it, going to feel like a turd when you go surround yourself <laughs> in shit. <laughs> <laughs> right on yeah so it's it's like it, how much is it a disorder versus how much is something we should normalize for just right. if you're in a bad situation i mean grad school holy buckets mm. that one got me i mm-hmm. mean you're studying all day the, the crazy part is sorry tangent i've got a little feelings i'm still i have feelings but they tell you you're going to be a mental health professional. You need to be taking care of yourself. Right. Because if you take care of yourself, you're going to take care of other people yes, way better. they tell you that. That's, However. This is what they said with their mouth holes. Yes. But with whatever their brain with their portal, behavior and yeah, what they request and expect. It's not exactly. doable. You can't do it. And so you your workout routine goes into the shitter. You can't communicate with friends because you don't have time. You can't do the coping skills you normally right. do because you're busy with patients, research, classes, mm-hmm. another full-time job. So you're working 60, 70 hours a week maybe. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, don't be depressed. That's not actually possible to right, not be depressed. Because there's no work-life balance. There's no there's no time in yeah. the day. I don't know a person who would not become depressed in that situation because it right. it um, hamstrings you. You can't use any of the coping skills you normally right. use. So because it's like, behavioral activation and socialization and exercise and those kind of things are the main things that can help help you. fight this. Yeah. But you have to have the time to do it. Right. You and when must. you're expected to do a billion things, I feel you. I mean, I'm the turtle, man. Yeah. My thought process is slow. Right. You need <laughs> like, time. It's. It, yeah, I feel you there. You need time. And mm-hmm. so, again, I get I get weird about calling something a disorder because a lot of times somebody will come into session with me and be like, well, I'm working 70 hours a week and I have no time to do any coping skills. Mm-hmm. And then if I say like, oh, well, you have major depressive disorder, it makes it sound like it's organically within them. And it's like, well, your life situation is depressing right now. Right. It's a situational depression. And so, right. yeah, I don't know that that's exactly DSM worthy, but – it's how I think about it as a clinician. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't within you. This isn't your fault. This is a thing that is outside and mm-hmm. we could do things outside of you to make it better. Right. Just a thought. Which is why when you are starting to notice these things about yourself, it's important to maybe take a little look around and see are there any environmental factors that you can change? Because although you maybe feel stuck in these situations, you can change them. You can quit your shitty ass job. You yep. can leave your emotionally gaslighting abusive boyfriend yeah. or husband or whoever yeah yeah <laughs> you can you can change those things it's not going to be easy and it might be a hard step to take but yeah look around and, and see if that's impacting yeah because most of the time it is if it's and people the reason they get stuck is because they're not willing to try to do they're not willing to leave it right they're scared to leave it right and it doesn't feel like it feels like oh i'm sick you know, right. my environment isn't sick. I'm sick. I think we tell people that they are sick a lot when the reality is their environment is sick mm-hmm. a lot. And so I see that people come into me. They're like, well, I'm a mess. I'm shitty. Right. Caveat guys. Remember, entertainment show, et cetera, et cetera. Right. We're, we are just here. We're not giving you personal clinical feedback. Again, be careful. If you really are in something abusive, it can be more dangerous than that. Like we realize that leaving oh, that God. situation. Oh, yeah. There are reasons people stay. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons people stay. And yeah. we'll have another episode someday on domestic violence and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And again, just be careful of what your situation is. Because we do know when people do leave these situations, they do get hurt a mm-hmm. lot of times. Like that, that is possible. Behavior escalates. Yeah, yeah. Behavior escalates. But 
there is again it is a situ- it is probably situational if that is something that's going on for you let's not just assume that you're bad and your body is bad and your brain is bad right let's- or that you're always gonna be like this like this is this is yeah. me now this will change you can change this yeah there's hope there's hope yeah look at us we're doing great <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no 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 oh no 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 oh no cat <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's, uh uh-oh, that's your model. I was going to note, too, that a lot of times what we also see is people notice the somatic, those physical symptoms first. Oh, good point. Especially with the elderly population. I was just going to say that. A lot of times they come in and they're not really willing to admit that they're emotionally feeling anything, but they're willing to discuss their aches and pains and lethargy and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and memory Mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll talk about stress. I'm just really yeah, stressed. Right. And that's another big one. Yeah. Sleep disturbance. Right. I can't eat. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so for treatments, let's talk about that. Because depression is so common, there are a lot of yeah. treatments, guys. There's both medication ton. and psychotherapy wise. Yeah. The options are not li- not limitless, but almost. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, there is you there are so many things that you can do. Yeah. So cognitive behavioral therapy is a common one that's often used for depression. We talk about that in our evidence-based therapy episode, if you haven't listened. Interpersonal therapy is sometimes used for depression. So that's when you're focusing on improving problems and personal relationships and other changes in life that may be contributing to the depressive disorder. There's psychodynamic, which is also rooted in recognizing those negative patterns in behavior and feeling, which could come from past experiences. Then dialectical behavioral therapy is really great with that too, because you're also teaching people to live in the moment, those healthy ways to cope, regulate your emotions, uh, and improve your relationship. Acceptance commitment therapy is great, teaching those mindfulness skills, helping people live and behave in a way that's consistent with their values, you know, kind of developing psychological flexibility. That was just a random list, but I mean, it goes on and on. Basically, any psychotherapy can be adjusted to be used for depressive disorders yeah Yeah. and different clinicians have different preferences like i tend to go the acceptance and commitment therapy or uh, dialectical behavioral therapy route with a little bit of cbt flavor in there those three are like my yeah Yeah. same 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 yeah basically the main point is therapy is often helpful for depression yeah and a lot of people with depression they'll go get the medication yeah they they want a happy pill but that's not that's not how this works. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it might help with those symptoms, but it's not going to change your thought patterns or your behaviors. Mm. And that's the thing that's going to help you dig out of that hole the fastest. Yeah. The the therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Medication is an option, obviously. So yeah. Lots and of sometimes people... you really need it. I've seen it where yeah. it, it's it gives them the boost they need, the motivation, the energy mm-hmm. to follow through on the situations that they need to do. Yeah. Most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, medication for depression is used in a way that is supposed to be temporary. Right. It's supposed to boost you. You're not supposed to be on it forever and ever. Amen. Right. And then you slowly wean off once you get the skills on board from psychotherapy to right. become more functional. That is That tends to be it. But I also know people that, you know, have had persistent depressive disorders and they're like, I'll be goddamned if they take my Lexapro. <laughs> you know, like I will oh, yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, Stanley Hudson, if you don't get in this <laughs> office right now, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like, and that's basically their response to, yeah, if somebody tries to take my Alexa, bro, I'm going to lose it, which uh, there's no shame in that game. I do know that that's true. But the, right. 
we could have a whole episode on the medications really probably may not in in most cases shouldn't be the first line of yes, defense agreed and i think start with psychotherapy first if you can yeah. if you're willing to try that first yeah. try that first yeah. and then if you're still feeling stuck and you're not progressing and you've been trying then maybe you do need the medication to help yeah. kind of give you that boost but and a, a lot of people will tell me like I took the med or I started the med because it takes less time and it takes less effort <laughs> and less energy and I don't have time because I work and I do all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, listen to yourself, man. Take a minute. What did you just say to me? You just said, I don't even have time for an hour a week to think about myself. Right. Maybe that is part of the problem, <laughs> my right. friend. <laughs> right. It's just something to consider. Like, if that's a rationale you're using, while I completely get that. Yeah, totally relatable. That's, but it's like, that's telling you that there's an indicator. Because if you're not taking the time to evaluate anything and yeah. you're just on that hamster wheel. Yeah. The, the finances, too, are another big thing mm-hmm. that people tell me about, like, oh, yeah. well, you know, I don't have enough money for this, that, or that. But the a lot thing. of things have those EB, you know, the employee-based yes. therapy. So, I mean, you may not be able to do like deep a f- yeah. therapy, but you could at least do a little bit and get started and, and start to crack the egg yeah. with a, a f- couple sessions. A couple sessions or so. I yeah. mean, that's better than nothing, I think. Oh, yeah. Hey, definitely. Definitely. I think, too, there are some... I'm not going to go far into complementary and alternative medicines, but Mm. people use different physical means to regulate depression. So as I as we mentioned back in the first episode, even just paying attention to a a workout routine often helps yoga, tai chi, qigong, running, weightlifting, all shown clinically to reduce depressive symptoms scaling back at work like you can do environmental interventions for yourself scaling back at work giving yourself more self-care and these are things therapists can help you work on and help you identify if you're having a hard time yeah and sometimes just having that outside person holding you accountable to that helps you do the thing yeah a lot of it too and i tell patients this all the time but a lot of it is if you wait until you feel good to do mm. a thing that is your values, you're going to be waiting a Forever. long time. Yeah. It is you do your values even when you act in a way behaviorally that meets your values, even if you feel like laying in bed all day and eventually your mood will follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't listen to the depressed thoughts that are telling you to stay in bed and not talk to anybody because the best thing to do is opposite action which mm-hmm. is a dialectical behavioral therapy mm-hmm. where you do the opposite of what your emotion is telling you to do yeah in in, in the depressed situation in the depressed situation yeah yeah exactly don't listen to the babadook duk, duk, duk. <laughs> don't listen don't listen to the babadook yeah that's great freaking great movie i need to rewatch that i need to rewatch that too because it was creepy but i don't really remember it so yeah it was which is why i rewatch those all the time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a brand new experience yeah just side note i re- really want to rewatch practical magic like just such an mm. underrated and um Constantine I just oh I like these b-grade like sort of horror flicks that (laughs) nobody else likes and it's like this is stupid I love that shit I just it brings me to my happy place it's just no it's just brain trash I just love it hey I I dig them sometimes too it depends on my mood I will 
the prison ruined me a little bit on some of those things. <laughs> you know, I used to really enjoy a lot of stuff a, a lot more in that dark realm. And after working in there for a few years, like, I just don't tend to take my time to watch those as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy a good one every now and again. It was funny. We were talking earlier about this week. I was so anxious about this whole podcast coming out, what people would think of us and whatever. And Michaela just like dead ass looks at me like, man, the prison broke me of that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she's like I have no anxiety anymore about that sort of thing and I was like you know actually I could totally see that it's a an example of traumatic growth in some ways yes yes <laughs> what are we going to try for outside of the podcast experiments I think I'm going to do a random act of kindness oh I love that yeah so something that can help somebody with depression nice kind of randomly find somebody and either give them a compliment maybe I'll buy somebody's coffee maybe I don't know we'll see yeah but that's my goal I really like that thanks it's about the season where I'm going to get depressed, so I got to start getting, I got to get prepared. Get your habits in place now. <laughs> yeah, I got to get, I, I, I just you. know it happens. Yep. I'm not, it's not, I don't judge myself for it anymore. I just know it's part mm-hmm. of the way I operate, so okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my little light box ready, and now I'm going to get back on my fish oil. I'm going to start planting things I like that are seasonal, mm. and so like I can really get into it, like, yep. For example, you know, plan all the foods I'm going to eat at Thanksgiving or plan all the friends I'm going to see for Friendsgiving or maybe if it's if it's winter, if there's like some kind of like cool, fun winter ritual. Winter event thing yeah, going on. Like yeah, like ice skating or whatever. Ooh. I mean, just putting mm-hmm. up lights, it doesn't really matter. But getting into the spirit of what's yeah. going on in the season, making wassail, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wassail, wassail, wassail. <laughs> A little bit. No? I don't know what that is. No? Were you in choir? Yeah, but I don't know what that is. Oh, it's when you would do magical dinners where you are pretend they're okay. Well, maybe this is is just your school. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm about to say something really weird, but we would do magical dinners for choir where you pretend that you are kings and queens and peasants and then like oh. the freshmen had to be the peasants Interesting. and the seniors were the kings and queens and that's kind of cool sing all of these uh like, renaissance songs yeah and that's was, fun yeah it was good king wenceslas green sleeves okay those yeah, yeah. sorts of it was like around christmas time that's fun yeah and then you'd make wassail and wassail was like you get you drunk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a part. I don't know. That's about it. It's that boozy. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, so like do sorts of dress up in my Renaissance gear. Pretend that could be fun. Pretend I'm a I'm queen. A oh, a queen. Yeah. yeah, that's better. You don't want to be. There's no pretending. I am a queen. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Just please stop me from talking. Somebody make uh, it stop. I got a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> please interrupt me with mm. that. To the guy that stole my depression medication. Yeah. I hope you're happy. <laughs> that was really fucking good i'm glad you did found one that was related this week because i was like i can't even this- i found a few other ones but they were almost too dark yeah yeah we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it i'll i'll end it on a non-depression note what was beethoven's favorite fruit what banana oh, i like that it's That's- banana banana anyway dudes uh find us on patreon send us your emails we are wishing you the best of luck and you're always in our hearts question mark (laughs) okay we think about you often (laughs) yeah yeah we think of you fondly okay stop stop okay oh my gosh this has been a 
crazy episode, guys. Okay, we're off the chain. We're off the chain. Oh my goodness. And I hope you've enjoyed our tangents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Peace be with you. Bye. Bye.